Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio from me is Scott Chasen. What a fun weekend of football, Scott. Think about it. If you're a fan of sports inside the Sunflower State, mm-hmm. if you like men's basketball, football, K-State, KU, whatever, your team won. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty rare for these teams. The Shockers even won in basketball. <laughs> you can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show, on Twitter at The Drive 13, and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that appears each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at GoPowerCat.com. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. And at it's not like Wichita State could have won in football, Scott. I don't know <laughs> yeah. why I said in basketball. Mm. It was, never mind. The two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's your work boot center. Well, Fitz, Kansas State had lost five games in a row to West Virginia, but on Saturday, the Wildcats handled the Mountaineers 34-17. to Are the Cats playing their best football of the season right now? They might be. They, their confidence is building. This really felt like a 50-50 game. You know, you, it was going to be hard to pick a winner in this game going in, and K-State just kind of took control of this early. They they moved the ball on the ground. They had an early interception. Uh, they got a block punt. And before you know it, they're just up 14-0. And West Virginia tried to play catch-up all day. And the only thing that seemed to aid West Virginia in their cause was K-State got really, really conservative on offense at the end of the first half and in that third quarter. And they let West Virginia within a touchdown and then a huge pass by Skylar Thompson to tight end Sammy Wheeler. Converted a fourth down and Set up another touchdown. An impressive win, considering the West Virginia was more than their record. They came in at, you know, four wins in, on the season, but this is a pretty good team. They've got a lot of weapons on offense and defense, and K-State did what it needed to do to win this game. And I, Scott, I feel like the Wildcats have really discovered who they are on both sides of the ball, and special teams continues to find ways to create magic, that block punt. You don't see many block punts anymore. Uh, everyone's protecting it a little bit differently, and K-State did something just for that that scheme that, that West Virginia was running and it worked to perfection. It was a really nice performance by K-State. Again, a little too conservative at times. They they were so afraid of the mistake that they about let the opponent back into the game and that drives me nuts when you get too conservative in the first half. But if this team continues to defend the way it's defending, then it's back up since that second half at Texas Tech. They gave up 24 points in the first half at Texas Tech, none in the second half, and then they turned around and gave up 12, 10, and now 17 points, and so that's 39 points in seven uh, halves of football, and that is pretty impressive in the Big 12 Conference. And that's really leading the way and setting the stage for a K-State offense that can get ahead and play from the front 
and really take over games, and that's what they've been doing. Huge test this week against Baylor. We'll get into that mm -hmm. uh, as Kansas State now starts to climb in the rankings of the Big 12 standings. It's absolutely incredible what they're doing. Yeah, Fitz, I, I was extremely impressed, not specifically because Kansas State beat West Virginia. I think at this point, certainly after this game, you'd say Kansas State is one of the better teams in the conference, one of the better Power 5 teams. They should win games like this. But just to kind of keep stringing these wins together, one after the other, it's been incredibly impressive. All credit to Chris Kleiman. He has a really good team this year. Yeah, that's four in a row and looking for five and six with Baylor and Texas. Mm -hmm. Well, Scott, we'll get to hoops in a little bit, but Kansas football had the win of the weekend. There's no doubt about it. Stunning Texas for the first time ever in Austin. Unbelievable game to watch. How did the Jayhawks get this done? Well, Fitz, you hear about complimentary football or things that are a team effort. I just tried to go through and list all the players that made a special play or, or did something significant in this game. I tried to do it in a tweet that didn't fit. I, you know, list it out on paper. It takes up the whole page. Uh, offensively, Jalen Daniels, who probably would have been this team's starting quarterback. In fact, I'll say he was petted that way. He was going to be this team's starting quarterback until a preseason camp injury led to Jason Bean getting some reps. He ended up winning the job over Miles Kendrick. They felt like Jalen Daniels was too far behind. Somewhere along the way, the decision is made for him to redshirt. Not only did he have that rushing touchdown, oh, by the way, assist to Trevor Wilson for basically carrying him into the end zone. Jalen Daniels on the first third down of the game, so three plays into the game, he had to scramble, maneuver around guys, run just to get the first down. Defensively, two strip sacks by Kyron Johnson, one of which, uh, just like Felix, didn't go down as a sack because the ball ended up going past the line of scrimmage. You had Devin Neal, who erupted for three touchdowns. You had uh, Jacoby Bryant, who had a pick six right before the half. I think you're about to see it. Yeah, it's never a good sign when the ball has to go that far. Um, to get to the sideline, and that was right before halftime when Kansas scored like three touchdowns or something like that in just a matter of uh, like a minute and a half. It was crazy. Amari Pesic Hickson picked up the slack when Devin Neal at one point appeared to have some kind of like a ribcage in uh, injury. The tight ends were magnificent. Kansas used three different ones. Trevor Cardell was really important in this game. Mason Fairchild had a big catch and a touchdown. And then Jared Casey, who I'm calling him a tight end because that's how he lined up on this game-winning play, again, that you're about to see. Um, but he's a backup walk-on fullback from Plainville, Kansas. His parents are in the stands opposite goal line. Uh, I mean, it's just remarkable that he's the guy who makes that catch. Fitz, this is a team effort in every sense of the word, and I didn't even get to guys like Kwame Lasseter, LJ Arnold, who made an impact in this game. OJ Burroughs had an interception. He's a freshman. Kenny Logan had 11 tackles. Team effort. Everyone stepped up and played well, and that's how, if you're Kansas, you take down Texas in overtime. I don't even know how you explain this if you're Texas. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a level of apathy that had to go into this and lack of preparation that's got to fall at the feet of the head coach. Yeah, well, I, I think I made the joke that I, I don't know if Sark's key card is going to be working after this one, but Texas now four and six. I, I don't know who would have saw that coming coming into the yeah, year. Yeah, it's, it's just remarkable how this history repeats itself, and it looked like they finally were getting on track mm -hmm. with the coach, and they fire him to go to this. They're their own worst enemy, and I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> well, there was plenty of Big 12 action over the weekend. Let's keep it on the football field. Which games caught your eye, Scott? Well, there were a few. I think you've got to start with Baylor OU just because this was the game that Oklahoma lost. And look, Oklahoma had been playing with fire for a long time. Things are not going right there. Case in point, the first highlight you see, that's Caleb Williams before he throws an interception, faking a handoff to no one. 
there was no running back there to uh, trick the defense on that play fake. But look, uh, Oklahoma has played with fire. Oklahoma was lucky to beat Kansas, needed two fourth down conversions to beat, yes, Kansas. I will say that again. Oklahoma was lucky to beat West Virginia, needed two snap infractions by the center, again, to beat West Virginia at home. Oklahoma almost lost to Nebraska. Oklahoma almost lost to Tulane. This is an OU team that's probably a fringe top 15 team, give or take in that range. I I didn't think that was a shock, but the other result to me, and I'd love to get your thoughts too, Tech ISU. Yes, I know it came down to a 62-yard field goal. Unbelievable. Right down the middle, which might have been good from like 65, 67. I don't understand how Iowa State managed this game clock management. I don't understand the mind-boggling decision fits for me to not rush that kick. You want to put pressure on the kicker, make him kick it low, make him rush it. Maybe you get a block, put your hands up. They didn't even rush the kick. They gave him an uncontested free kick. Of course the guy's going to drain it with no pressure like that. Um, I I don't know what's going on in Iowa State. What a disappointing season for them, but some crazy games this week. It it was crazy. I I could see Baylor beating Oklahoma. It didn't surprise me. Baylor's a really good team, but Tech, what? (laughs) That team was awful when K-State saw them, and, and they just absolutely baffled Iowa State. The, the shine's coming off Matt Campbell a little bit, isn't it? This team was supposed to be really good, and they're 6-4 and four right now. It's kind of crazy to think about, and you mentioned Matt Campbell. A couple of things have sort of emerged this year. One, clock management. At yeah. times, I don't know what he's doing. At times, I don't want to call him a hothead because certainly there are a lot of coaches you'd say are worse, but there are times where it seems like his emotions get the best of him and it ends up costing the team too. So, yeah, I still think Matt Campbell, and I think you'd agree, very good coach, upper-tier Big 12 good coach, but all of a sudden he doesn't really look like the golden boy of college football anymore. No, he doesn't. Really inconsistent performances this year. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Last week's question was, with K-State reaching bowl eligibility, is this year already a success? Yes, A, 52% of people answered with that, and B, no, 48% of people. wonder what they'd say after a seventh win. Yeah, that's interesting because that shows the split in K-State fan base. They want more than just bowl eligibility. They want a little something extra, and they might just get it this year. Here's this week's question. Which Big 12 team in football is having the most disappointing season? There's a lot of them. (laughs) A is Oklahoma, B is Iowa State, C is TCU, D is Texas. Uh, We didn't put the drive in there because I don't think we're disappointing anyone. Mm -hmm. Make sure you vote over on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Only one disappointing anyone would be my picks. If you're following along (laughs) with those, I am so, so sorry. Uh, That will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Fitz, K-State is now 7-3 and three on the season. How will the Cats end this season, and what will it mean for the program the way things go? An intriguing pair of games. They've got Baylor coming up at home. 
uh, and Baylor's coming off the win against Oklahoma after losing to TCU. So a little confused about Baylor. They played an extremely, the Bears looked really good against OU. So this is an enormous game. And as it turns out, this is the toughest game of the last two. They go to Texas on the Friday after Thanksgiving to play. Now, what becomes intriguing is Texas is at four and six. They need a win this week, and I think they play West Virginia to get to bowl eligibility to have it on the table for the K-State game. So if you're K-State, I think you probably want West Virginia to win that game and take take the chance of a bowl off the table. Not that I think Texas cares about going to a bowl at 6-6. Six and six. That's just beneath them. But Kansas State really has the table set now for a really impressive finish to the season. They did open the Big 12. We said it from the start of the season, well before the start of the season, that those three games against Oklahoma State Oklahoma and Iowa State would be extremely tough. Oklahoma State turned out to be uh, a bigger challenge because they had to play that game without Skylar Thompson. <clears throat> but now they have Skylar back. They look really, really good right now. They seem to be clicking on offense and defense. And like I said in the first segment, they seem to have found their identities on both sides of the ball. On, on defense, they really like to get teams in third and medium or third and long and attack them with the pass rush, which is something they didn't really have in the early portion of the season that has really developed as the season's gone on. And if they want to get and beat Baylor, if they want to handle Baylor, they're going to have to box up the quarterback, not let him out of the pocket, hold a good running game. It's a, Scott, I can't explain this. I'm a football traditionalist. They've gone to this 3-3-5. They've gone to a smaller defensive front than what they've had in the past and they're more effective against the run. Again, it, it runs, flows against what I would think about football, but this game has turned so much into about speed and getting to the ball, and that's what K-State's doing extremely well. Skylar Thompson is far from perfect, but we think, we, we don't have the stats on it because uh, starting quarterback stats weren't kept prior to 1990 at K-State, but we think now he's the most winning starting quarterback in K-State football history, mm -hmm. which is an incredible stat. Uh, when you stop and think about some of the great ones that have passed through. Yeah. Well, Fitz, I, I don't care who you are unless maybe if you're in Alabama or a program that wins national championships every year. Uh, to win nine, ten games in a season, that's an accomplishment. K-State still has that on the mm -hmm. table, and maybe you'd even say, hey, eight, nine games seems like pretty close to a certainty, right? So just yeah. to be at this point this late in the season, I think that, again, just to give praise to uh, Chris Kleiman, the job he's done this year, this is, again, with, as you mentioned, Skylar Thompson going down. Skylar Thompson not only missing time, but also having to work back from injury. This has been a really impressive season for Casey. It has. I, I had them winning eight games at the start of the year. They have nine in the regular season on the table. Absolutely incredible. Could get to 10, something Iowa State has never done in the season in which they were picked seventh in the league. It's pretty incredible. Well, Scott, KU basketball dominated Michigan State in the champion, Champions Classic. How impressed were you with Bill Self's squad? Uh, very impressed. And look, they've played two games. One was against Tarleton State. The thing that blows me away about Kansas this year, there have been years where Kansas had depth. But yeah, they had a, a bunch of good players, but how many great ones? Well, there you see a guy, Jalen coleman lands who... I, I don't know where he is in this rotation, somewhere between 6 and 11, and yet it seemed like he couldn't miss in the last game. He was bad in this game, the first game, but lo and behold, a bunch of other guys stepped up. Ochai Abaji has been the find of the season. I guess he's the guy who deserves the spotlight here the most because, what has he scored? Like, uh, well over 25 points a game. He's erupted with some big-time performances. 
He's, his three-point shot looks better, and it already made, you know, took a huge leap forward last year. He's scoring off the dribble. He's scoring in transition. He's a constant lob threat. Christian Brown, who struggled in the first game, ended up with something like 15, 5, 5, and 5. That's points, rebounds, assists, and blocks in the last game. David McCormick hasn't even gotten going yet, and even so, the guys behind him, KJ Adams, uh, Zach Clements, two freshman big men have been uh, two freshman big men have been impressive. I have not mentioned a couple names beyond that, and that just speaks to the depth of this KU team. Remy Martin did not take a shot for Kansas in the first half of the first game. Kansas led by seven. In the second half, he decided to turn it on. He scored 15 points. Kansas won comfortably. He sticks his nose in, kind of rebounding, being physical, more than you'd expect for a little guy. He's been impressive to me, and again, he hasn't forced the issue. He hasn't gotten going. Jalen Wilson, who might be one of this team's three best players, hasn't taken the court yet, and he's going to miss another game as part of his suspension. This is a team that has a shocking amount of depth and quality depth. Dewan Harris is a starter for this team in the backcourt. They legitimately have four different guys with Joe Yesifu and Bobby Pettiford who can run point. This team is insane. They're redshirting three players, two scholarships, one walk-on uh, already. One of the deepest teams Bill Self has ever had. He's talked about playing 10 with this team. He played 11 in the first half of the Michigan State game. That's not Bill Self's style. He typically whittles that down to 7 or 8. The fact that he's playing so many guys, and again, without Jalen Wilson. He played 11 without Jalen Wilson. That tells you how deep this KU team is. It's incredible. And now we step out of bounds, and out of bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, let's step out of bounds, stay out of bounds with football, and stay with you, here. <clears throat> Why don't we each spend 30 more seconds on what we expect from Kansas and K-State in non-conference play? Why don't you get us started? Well, K-State struggled a little bit in that opener against Florida A&M, but they ended up winning and winning comfortably. And a big part of it, Scott, is they have more depth. Uh, they just have so many guys that can score this season as opposed to last year when scoring was such an issue. And Sultan Miguel, he was the leading scorer in the not, in the exhibition game, really came on for K-State in this game. They just have more weapons. And the big measurement for them will come in Kansas City on the in the week of uh, – Thanksgiving, so just like eight, nine days away from us, is uh, the tournament there where they will play Arkansas and then play either Cincinnati or Illinois in the second game. That is really going to set the table for this team because they're better, but how much? Are they good enough to compete at higher levels than they did last year? We're going to find out pretty quickly. Yeah, and then for Kansas, look, I already think this is Bill Self's best team, probably since 2016-17, team that had a senior year, Frank Mason and Josh Jackson. But that team wasn't as deep as this team. The difference, again, will be figuring out the best way to play which guys together, who works well together. And I'm really interested to see what the three freshmen bring because Bobby Pettiford has already impressed. He's kind of this, I wouldn't even call him a combo guard. He's a true point guard who can pressure the ball, who can score. He's athletic, remind you of anyone. You know, just a lot of point guards that KU has had. Zach Clements, a big man who can space the floor. He's already won the backup big man job. He won it out over a super senior who is now redshirting because he couldn't beat out Clements. And K.J. Adams kind of plays like Mark Vital. He's a Bill self-favorite or he's going to be just with his style of play, uh, brings a lot of energy hustle. So very interested to see how that rotation works out. So much, so many riches. Just <laughs> an embarrassment of roster riches. Right it really now is. The transfer portal, It you'd think it would help a lot of different teams in different ways. Somehow Kansas may have made out better than any team in college basketball with the portal. Somehow. Now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Medlark, supporting people living their best lives over in Manhattan. Our fan question this week is, 
How do you redshirt Jalen Daniels? I, I could ask this question myself. <laughs> After seeing him play against Texas, it's from Dan and Lawrence. Will they stick with the redshirt plan, Scott? There's two games to go. They've won two games. Mm -hmm. Do you play him? It, it's tough because the West Virginia game, even the TCU game, they're both like mm -hmm. sort of winnable, right? I mean, this was a 30-point line, so who knows? For me, if I were Jalen Daniels, I would still want to redshirt. And Absolutely. the reason why would be the transfer portal. If you ended up not winning the job in the future, you would have that extra year. Or even just extending that college clock in, in case something happens. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's whatever. Maybe you don't even use it. But you've sat out so many games this year. I would want all my options to be open for the future, whether or not he stays or transfers. I don't think he's unhappy. I think he's a very happy guy. I think he likes Lawrence. I'm just saying for him, keep all your options. If you're Kansas... It becomes more of a 50-50 to me because do you really think he's going to stay four more years after this year? I don't know, but at the same time, he definitely gives you the best chance to win. What if Jason Bean gets injured again? It's a tough decision. I would lean sticking with the red shirt, but man, that's a tough decision to make after he put up, you know, what, well into the, I think they got into the, yeah, the 50s uh, against Texas. Red shirt him. Just, <laughs> you're only going to win four games at yeah. best, red shirt him. Yeah, well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. As we head down the home stretch of this week's show, it's take a look at our predictions. And remember to make your week weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are last week's mm -hmm. results. The viewers went three and zero. Good job, viewers. I went two and one. Scott went one and two because that's what he does. <laughs> now this week's picks start with Kansas, a 21 and a half point underdog at TCU. Scott. I will roll with Kansas. By the way, Fitz, 1-0 in basketball picks, so True. just please put that on the record. True. Uh, I guess I'll take TCU. I wish I knew if Jalen Daniels was playing or not. <laughs> Me too. Well, next is Baylor. It's a pick em against Kansas State. I'll take the Wildcats. I can't pick against them after four straight wins. I will take Baylor just to be different. Uh, of course you will. <laughs> and our last game of the week is Iowa State plus 5.5 at Oklahoma hard to measure this game after both of those teams losing. I'll take OU. They're at home. I think they'll get back on track. Iowa State's given OU some trouble. I'll roll with Iowa State, but I expect this to be a good one. Very good. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. And here's Scott. Well, just wanted to give one more shout out uh, quickly to Jared Casey. Again, a walk-on who is only playing because of an injury to Mason Fairchild, comes in the game at tight end, goes in motion, and makes a catch that he'll probably remember for a long time. A lot of people will remember for a long time. Carter Stanley was actually, I believe, at the game in Austin, and he took a video flashing the horns down just like he did uh, when he was playing in the game that Kansas lost 50-48 to in Austin. So a shout out to Jared Casey on a remarkable catch and play. I'd like to talk about K-State, but right now I want to talk about Texas. And what a glorious mess the Texas football program has become. And thank you, Kansas. I've never rooted so hard for KU student-athletes in my life. It was a spectacular thing to watch because KU 
was going to lose that game. They built a lead, they gave it up. They built a lead, they gave it up. And I thought once Texas had tied it, the game was over. <clears throat> they had fold, and yet Jalen Daniels and, and a guy nobody had heard of outside of Lawrence make a huge play that will be remembered for a long time. And the best part was Texas lost. They're so ready for the SEC. Scott, I think they're primed for the SEC and that future, future uh, rivalry with Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vanderbilt will get them every couple of years, just yeah. like Kansas. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. <laughs>